Good afternoon, I'm Brandon Bordeaux. Welcome to our first edition of The Cycle. We'll be looking at a local Gahnawage-based sporting teams, events, score lines, and inside depth and information concerning all of our Gahnawage local teams. Uh, we're going to go through our lineup to start. So basically how we do The Cycle is we're going to look at our batting order, so to speak. So that, of course, is just an introduction. We'll lead off with that introduction. And we'll clean up. So today, our cleanup topic will be looking at various teams and leagues. So all of the Gahnawage teams that will be participating in baseball this year. Uh, we're also going to hit for the cycle with our top four highlights of the past week. Then it will be seventh inning stretch where today we'll look at Dylan Stacy, Brooke Stacy, and the importance of our local athletes and making that jump to the next level where they're playing not only are they playing collegiate sports but they're actually playing professional sports what kind of an insight and what kind of assistance could that be for our next generation and finally we'll close today making that call to the bullpen to make that close with our medicine game finally a couple of organized events which have taken place uh, throughout the community field and box lacrosse so welcome to the cycle. Let's take a look now. So that was the batting order. Let's just uh, hit lead off here. We understand that there's a big time demand now here in the community for sports. So that's why Baby Blue Memories in conjunction with Yordiwase have combined to give you the best. And we're hoping to be able to do this on a consistent basis for you each and every couple of weeks for now. Maybe as we move along uh, in the future, we'll be able to have more topics, more depth, more guests, and eventually more coverage of uh, all local sports here in the community. So that's something that we want to look at. We want to highlight some of the action and the events that are taking place because we're going to go through the list of Gahnawagi minor baseball. This is Gahnawagi minor baseball teams playing this year. It is remarkable. So here we go. We're, we're going to move on now, batting leadoff, looking at teams and leagues within our community. So we have, of course, the House League. That's U9. It's a developmental house league with about five, six players on a team. Remember last year they did this. It was a success. Unfortunately, it came short of a championship game because all sports were canceled right after the semifinal. But there are four teams playing. It's a great developmental league. Kids get to play with other kids. And no matter what skill level they are at, each of them are going to play the same game. They're going to learn the same way. And I think it's a lot of fun and it makes the game even better uh, for these kids. We also have girls teams. That's right. Girls leagues. Our U16 girls, we'll talk about them in a little bit. They're in a Lac St. Louis league. But every other girls team is playing within the female. I believe it's the women's or young girls baseball League of Quebec. So we'll go through all these teams now. We have two teams playing in girls U9. That's the Red Girl Hawks and the Purple Girl Hawks. And we also have one team playing in girls U11. And finally, one team playing in girls U16. That team is coached by Ross LeClaire. We have two teams, as we mentioned, playing in girls U9. We have one team playing in girls U11. Two teams playing in boys U11, or just general U11, because of course, girls are allowed to play at this level with the boys. We have one team playing A ball, and we're going to go to one of their highlights uh, from earlier this week, and one team playing B ball, 
And that B-ball team right now, they are absolutely rolling. They are 3-0 and to start the season, that U11 team playing in B-League. We have a U13 team. That team is coached by Ronnie Stacy. They had an incredible comeback earlier this week and just won in completely convincing fashion on this past Sunday, which was uh, June 27th. We're going to talk about that in a little bit as well. The U16 team, that's the defending league champions. Remember, instead of Bantam, Peewee, Novice, Adam, Mosquito, now we're just going by age. Kind of like what they do in the United States. They're doing that here in Canada as well. They were going to propose to make that change starting what would have been the 2020-2021 minor hockey season, where, for example, the Midget League and the Bantam League would be known collectively as U18 and, of course, U16 in Bantam. But this time around, of course, COVID kind of wiped out a full minor hockey season. Let's knock on wood here and hope that we have ourselves a 2021-22. Anyway, that's another topic for another story, but that's why we're going with these age levels rather than just generic names of leagues. And finally, a U18 team, which is coached by Jesse Lahash. They are 2-1 to start this season. Had a very controversial game, actually, which they played last week against Soulange. We'll get to that. So that U18 team... They're two and one. They suffered a heartbreaking loss against the St. Lazar Mustangs last week. They were up by two runs heading into the final inning, which for those of you who may not know, it's five run maximum per inning at that level until you get to the open inning. And when you get to the open inning, you could score as many runs as you wish, so to speak, or as many runs as possible. And the Warhawks had a two run lead in that last inning unfortunately gave up three and fell by a score of 11 to 10 in St. Lazar. So they are now two and one on the season. Started the year off with a 16-11 win over Surwa, uh, the Red Sox. And then they beat Soulange 8-7. Now here is where we have ourselves their first controversy of the baseball season. The Warhawks were leading the game 8-7 in the bottom of the fourth inning. Ganawage had two runners on. This is a game at the, the uh, sports complex field. Ganawagi had two runners on, runners on second and third, because there was a wild pitch, which enabled both runners to move up. Now, the Warhawks third base coach at the time, uh, Jesse Lahash, called for that ball to be looked at because he just felt like there was something funny with the way the ball kind of bounced and the way the ball was hit into the outfield on the previous play. So the umpires got together and it was determined that Soulange had actually been using T-balls, which... The big difference between a T-ball and a baseball is that a baseball, when it's hit, it'll bounce more. It'll be faster off of the bat than what you would see in a T-ball. T-ball is really meant for the younger kids, so it would hurt less because the ball is not as hard. Therefore, it doesn't have as much bounce and as much carry. So the game was awarded to Gahnawage anyway by a default score of one to nothing. No word yet on what kind of sanctions the uh, head coach for the Cougars will face, but the Warhawks get that win. It's a tremendous game for Gahnawaga anyway. They were up 8-7 in the bottom of the fourth inning, but they were threatening with those two runners on and nobody out. And now the big question, of course, is their pitcher for that game. They had a pitcher throw three innings in that game. You are allowed to pitch approximately 20%, 25%, I believe it is, of your team's innings throughout the season. So if you 
play a total of 200 innings this year, the maximum amount that your pitcher could pitch is 50. That's just to eliminate the possibility of a pitcher being so dominant that you can't hit off of him because he's too good for the league, essentially, that they can only pitch around for 20-25% of their team's games. So that's uh, I think that's a really good rule because it really forces you to develop other arms, and that's what Jesse Lahash is working on with this team. They got a couple of young players, good athletes, and that's the one thing that we've noticed uh, throughout really last year and this year was because there's no lacrosse, uh, because there's no soccer, because there's not a whole lot of hockey training, off-season hockey training taking place, we're really allowed to have our best players or our best athletes playing a particular sport. And that's what we're seeing right now with the U18. You got a couple of natural athletes in there who are just playing baseball because they want to play sports. And one of those players is Cayman Daibo, who's developing uh, into a pitcher, who's developing into a player that maybe the Warhawks would want to send out there and pitch because he's got a powerful arm. And then you have other players that may not be playing baseball at this time of year. I'm talking about uh, Jesse Lahash Jr., I'm talking about uh, one of the other players who they have on there, Max Goodleaf. He might be playing basketball at this point in time. Lahash might be junior, might be playing hockey at this time. Uh, Lucas Dybo might be playing, even he might be playing lacrosse or off-season hockey at this point in time. But because none of those are really happening right now, you have this great core of athletes, this core group of players that have been together for a long time who are now on the same team and playing the same game and they're really in sync right now, even though their last game probably hurt in that 11-10 loss against St. Lazar. Let's move down uh, one level to the U-16s. This is a team that was formerly known as the Bantams. Now, they won the championship last year. Remember, there's no playoffs. No playoffs. That's the big difference between this year and last year. No playoffs last year. We didn't even know if we were going to have a season at this point in time last year. So now this year, we have a postseason. And the Bantam Warhawks are on a roll to start the season. They've rolled over two Sirwa teams by 10 runs and eight. Uh, they have looked phenomenal. Their pitching rotation is fantastic. They have so many players. Dejo Daibo, Roja, Hio, Stacy, just two players. Wyatt, Wyatt Mayo, three horses really at the top of that rotation. Carter Snow developing into a number four pitcher. But just another arm that the Warhawks could have coming out of that bullpen. They've been really solid throughout the year. They have another game coming up this Thursday. That'll be a road tilt. So they're really looking solid, but it's very early. Don't forget, these teams are going to be playing like 20 games in, geez, maybe eight, nine weeks. The U13 Warhawks had one of those really busy weeks too. They're coming off of playing four games in six days. And those U13 Warhawks uh, went 2-1-1, one, one, including a convincing win this past Sunday, 15-5 over St. Laurent Black. That team coached by Ronnie Stacy. Two teams playing in U11. We have the B team and we have the A team. The B team is off and running. Ryder McCumber, one of the players on that team, might not be playing right now. Wouldn't, might not be playing baseball because he's naturally a lacrosse goaltender couple of players on that team too might not be playing baseball had they not had this opportunity come up. Instead, they're playing and they're looking really good right now, that B team 3-0. U11 A team, 500 at this point. And it's interesting to note that we have the smallest community out of all those teams, out of all the teams at A-ball. 
and this team is competing. They're two and two. So good luck uh, to them, of course, for the rest of the season. Uh, four teams you mentioned in U9. That's house league action. So just Gahnawagironu in that league. Uh, two teams in girls U9, and they are playing against teams from as far as St. Hubert and Drummondville. So that's going to be a real interesting test for them to play against those teams. And uh, one team playing in girls U11 as well. They got rained out this past week and supposed to play uh, back-to-back games in St. Hubert. Uh, not happening, though, unfortunately, as uh, the wa- the weather on Saturday made the field condition Sunday morning a little bit too unbearable. So now that we have a good insight at what teams and which teams we have playing, let's take a look now at some of our top plays. So we're going to hit for the cycle. Let's start off with the single of the week. The single goes to the Bantam Warhawks or U16 Warhawks. If you prefer a 2-0 start of the year with two convincing victories, And uh, they got rained out on Saturday. But this team looks every bit as convincing and every bit as a favorite to potentially repeat as league champions. The double of the week. How about the U18s getting off to a 2-0 start? They lost their last game, but they are 2-1 this season. Looked very good in the process as well. They were up by 10 runs at one point in their season opener against the Red Sox. Had a big lead, kind of squandered it against Sulans, but one would wonder how long were they actually hitting uh, what would be considered underinflated balls. The U13s, they get the triple. Listen to this, folks. All right. The U13 Warhawks were down 5 nothing against the DDO Dodgers. And that was after the first half an inning. They came back to win that game 10-7. U13 Warhawks were down 15 to 10 going into the final inning of a game this past Friday night, I should say. They were down by five runs heading into the final inning in a game against the Lakeshore Blues. They scored five runs in a row to tie that game up. It was 10 5, I should say, going into the final inning. Warhawks scored five in that open inning. They had a runner on third, but the runner hit was uh, not able to score because it, the ball was hit into a ground ball. So that was the U13s coming back from five runs in the final inning. And guess who did that? 24 hours before this week's home run will go to the U11A Warhawks. Gahnawagi U11As were down 10-2 and 15-7. Eight runs at two differing points of the game. They had momentum broken seemingly every time that they came back in this one. But they held Sulauza check in the top of the open inning. And in the bottom of that open inning, down 15 to 10, they scored six runs to win that game by a final score of 16 to 15. They got back to 500. They're on the road as of production in St. Lazar. So they'll be in St. Lazar against the the Mustangs a little bit later on. But the U11A Warhawks stunning the Cougars. They were down 15 to 10. As we mentioned, they scored six runs in that open inning to steal one, really from uh, Soulange. And everyone got to eat ice cream afterwards, so that's always good. That makes all of us a little bit happier when we were able to get over to ice cream stand and socially distance and eat some ice cream after a hard-earned win. So uh, coming up, we're going to take a little pause for the cause here and look at the seventh inning stretch. Now that stretch is going to consist of the medicine game. What is the medicine game and why is the medicine game important? Plus, a look at uh, Dylan Stacy, Brooke Stacy, and the importance of seeing our local athletes succeed beyond even our wildest dreams. You're listening to The Cycle. 
and welcome back to The Cycle. I'm Brandon Bordeaux alongside uh, Greg Horn. So this, of course, a collaboration between Yuriwase and Baby Blue Memories, kind of looking at uh, The Cycle. So trying to go through all things sports in and around Gahnawage. Greg, uh, we're bringing you in here for the seventh inning stretch, making our call to the bullpen sort of and getting a new voice. Nice. Uh, you, you've been around, you've been a, around local athletes for close to 25 years, I'd say. Uh, the last the last couple of years, we've seen uh, Brooke Stacy, of course, playing professional hockey in the U.S. And now her brother, Dylan Stacy, making the jump to Sweden, playing yeah. professional hockey in Sweden, uh, playing D- Division Three, I believe, out there. He signed a contract this past week. To you, what is it like seeing these players who you've, you've known for a long time, covered a long time, well, and seen them make that jump? You know, I mean, uh, somebody like Brooke, back when she was in Novice, played on, on, on one of the teams that I coached. And oh. seeing her uh, develop, and, and at, at, she was at a young age, she probably was should have been playing in MAG-3, playing Novice A. And you could just see how how skilled she was and in, in looking at... Uh, you know, saying that she's she's going to be playing somewhere, you know, she's a really strong skater. She's had, had good hockey sense at that time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- seeing her evolve and, and then play professional hockey first in Sweden. Yep. And then making the transition to the Buffalo Buttes and uh, the Women's Professional League here in uh, in, in, in Canada and the U.S. Yep. I think that's uh, that's phenomenal. And it gives other hockey players, young hockey players uh, from the community somebody to look up to and, and say, Hey, look, we got, we have some, we have a, a women's hockey player from, from our community playing at the highest levels. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, of course I remember that particular moment when her team in Sweden was playing in the championship game. I think the whole community was tuned in at like, must've been eight or nine o'clock in the morning because we were at the radio station watching this live, watching this happen in real time. They're playing the championship game. And the whole community is watching. It was something just phenomenal. Maybe she could give her brother a couple of Swedish words for advice over there. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. And 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 to see Dylan um, make that make that jump is is phenomenal. And you know, we wish him all the luck in the world. Yeah, Sweden, one of the five strongest leagues. I know they're going to be playing in Div Three, but you know, the Sweden, one of the big five, big six uh, hockey countries in the world. Of course, uh, with Canada, the U.S., uh, Finland, Russia, and uh, the Czech Republic. So yeah. for seeing him playing out there, it's going to be great. I've heard a lot of stories about the country too, and I hear it's it's a fantastic place to yeah, be. Yeah, and, and hopefully, uh, you know, he he develops his his game enough that that he ends up uh, getting the call for one of the North American professional leagues. Yeah, he was playing in the CCHL, I believe, out in uh, Eastern Ontario. Yeah, uh, most recently, they have teams from around uh, Gatineau, Petawawa, that that whole uh, region. So it's great to see Dylan and uh, Brooke uh, making it a family tradition now, two of them playing professional hockey or have played uh, professional hockey out in uh, Sweden. Now we're going to close with something that's near and dear to both of us. Uh, Of course, uh, creator's game, lacrosse. We haven't seen any of it really since the 2019 President's Cup. But over the last couple of weeks, we have seen some events taking place and something kind of reminiscent to give us like that extra... To give us that feeling of what it's like to play. Oh yeah, for sure. And and I think you know both of us, and and I think this whole community is uh, starved for for mm-hmm. lacrosse. You know, and and you know it's a shame that it's been two years now since we've had any regular lacrosse. Uh, you know, we've played in the community. Uh, you know, whether it be 
the Ganawagi Mohawks, the Ganawagi Hunters, or, or the Kaknawagi Indians, mm-hmm. uh, and even minor lacrosse. And and you know those are things that people look forward to. Uh, you know, seeing seeing our young athletes out there giving their all and performing at their at their best. And you know, the pandemic has uh, really put a, a damper on that. And we're we're almost at the end. Uh, you know, I think the the light is at the end of the tunnel. And uh, to see these games that. Uh, Jamie Kirby has been organizing mm-hmm. just to get people back out there and and have their the stick in their hands and and and, and play something that looks normal. Yeah, is amazing. I had the opportunity actually uh, to play, but my goaltender, my goalie stick broke, and we had two goalies. I didn't care. I wanted to play so bad. I actually put on slash guards and was given a long pole and said, "That's it. I'm going to play defense." Then. Because it's just it's just one of those things where the result really wasn't that important. It was just being able to play for an hour and a half, get the run out in there, and just feel like, as you said, something close to normal. Hopefully, it's 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 sooner rather than later before we have uh, before we see uh, the Ganawagi Mohawks, the Ganawagi Hunters, and the Kaknawagi Indians playing again. Yeah, uh, definitely look forward to that. Uh, West Bay Bombers actually just played a couple of games over the weekend. They played against Valley Field. And they played against Roussillon. Maybe that's something that we can look at as well, which would have to be obviously outside. Oh, yeah, for sure. That's one of the, the problems is that the Ganawagi Sports Complex is not open. Mm-hmm. And I don't believe there's any plans to have the, have it reopened before hockey season. I don't believe so. And either. so so that's that's one of the, the issues. But the Quebec Senior Sea League, uh, they're playing exhibition games yeah. in, in, in weekend jamborees. And all their games are being played outdoors. So... You never know, uh, you know, maybe there'll be a possibility for some of our players to either suit up for one of these teams or yeah. or, or have an exhibition game involving some of our players. I know uh, the GM, one of the organizers for Valley Field, uh, Robert Daou, is looking at uh, getting a couple of guys into play. Uh, he had a couple of players actually from the community playing uh, for them or at least going to the training, like training camps, getting some spring conditioning in. Anything, anything really just to get a stick in your hand get a ball in that stick and get some running going. Yeah, I know for sure. I mean, because it's the medicine game, right? It's a medicine game. Absolutely. And and one of those things is, is that the game of lacrosse is played for the creator and and, and for the creator's enjoyment, but it also, the medicine that it brings is, is the laughter and the good times and, and getting people together. And, And that's one of the things that, that people are missing the most because of this pandemic is that, because of how it spreads, we can't have large gatherings and you can't have people in enclosed places. And, it would be the absolute worst to, to have a lacrosse game inside the Ganawagi Sports Complex that turns into a super spreader event. Yeah. You know, because because then that's counter to what the spirit of, of the medicine game is. Absolutely. And hopefully over the next little while, we uh, we, we, we start seeing some some more normal things. And, and you know, I'm looking forward to uh, lacrosse uh, for next summer and, uh, you know, some indoor uh, hockey this winter. I remember complaining to you about something back in February of 2020. So this is before this is before obviously this was declared a global pandemic. The St. Regis Braves were granted or re, they rejoined the Three Nations Lacrosse League that obviously never never got a season going. And I remember saying like, "Oh, the Braves are back. Maybe that'll mean some other team will come back cuz it's just it was just the Muskies really in it last year." I I really miss complaining about some of the teams that are coming <laughs> back, you know. <laughs> Oh yeah, I friendly mean, jabs. Yeah, that, that, that's all part of it, right? And and you know, I think you know everybody who's involved in lacrosse misses the, the traveling to to the other communities and seeing friends that we haven't seen in a few months. And 
uh, you know, and then having these these competitions and then throwing friendly jabs at each other about, uh, <laughs> you know, how our team is, uh, is is doing this and your team is doing that. Well, you know, you know, that's that's part of the game that I think everybody misses, too. In February 2022, uh, one of the Gahnawagi teams played against Aquas. We had Aquasusne actually come here to play an exhibition game against one of our Gunnawagi teams in hockey. Mike Benedict Jr., you know, you've known Mike Benedict oh, forever, right? Yeah. Anyway, he came, comes in, his son was playing on this team, and I happened to be right in front of this guy, and I opened the door, and I, lo- I know who was walking through that door, and I kind of just pretend to close it. <laughs> and I opened back, I'm like, come on, for Mike Benedict, Mikey Benedict, of course I'm going to hold this door open. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and and I think it's unfortunate that the last two seasons got got canceled. Mikey Benedict had joined the the coaching staff for the Ganawagi Hunters, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and there was a lot of things that were, were, were moving forward. Uh, the Hunters were practicing on a weekly basis, uh, at the soccer plex in Shattagui and uh, things were, were really moving in a positive direction. And then, then boom, March, uh, March 12th, uh, Mar- Mar- March 11th, uh, the World Health Organization declares a global pandemic and yeah. March 13th, everything shut down and uh, everything was, has been in a holding pattern since. I remember uh, March 11th at night, I went, I was hired to film a game on the West Island playoff game, quarterfinal. And I, at the end of the game, Dollar beat Pierre Fall 2 nothing, And you see the two coaches give each other like elbow, elbow jabs. And the NBA canceled its season or suspended its season that night. So as I'm uploading the game onto YouTube, watching the Dallas Mavericks play the Denver Nuggets, see at the bottom of the ticker, Rudy Gobert has tested positive for the coronavirus. Rest of NBA season will be postponed after tonight. And when I seen that, I looked and I said, you know, that's it. Yeah, that's it. You know, that's be, the domino. because the, the next night uh, on the Thursday, the NHL played played its last games mm-hmm. and said that we're going to suspend the season. Major League Baseball was like, well, we're going to we're going to take a couple weeks off and reassess uh, from spring training. National Lacrosse League soon yep. said, uh, you know, we're we're canceling our season uh, or we're postponing it for a little bit. And then it, everything just was domino effect. And at that time, uh, I was just watching something on Inside the NBA. Mm-hmm. And they were saying at, the, at that point, there was, when the NBA canceled its season, there was 40 cases in the U.S. Wow. And the day, the week that the that everything shut down in Gunawagi, there was three active cases of, of coronavirus in the province of Quebec. Wow. So, you know, not 10,000 or, or, or where we're at now. It was three cases that and everything shut down. I don't. I, I to this day, I still don't think that was the worst decision ever made. I think it was a pretty good decision to shut everything down. Yeah, I mean, if if, if things didn't get shut down, you know, and the, the what we know about how the virus spreads today, yeah, things would have been much worse. I remember on the thirteenth, so Friday the thirteenth, the NCAA tournament actually had been canceled on the twelfth, and all the conference tournaments. But on the thirteenth at Madison Square Garden, there was a game being played. In the Biggie's first round or second round, the two teams played a half with fans in attendance, and then the second half they called it off. It's yeah. still one of the most unbelievable things I've ever seen. Like, how do you see that? Everything else is canceled. We're gonna go ahead with our game anyway. No, actually, you know what? We'll go ahead with our first half, and then that, that's it. We're gonna pull it out. Yeah, the uh, we were talking about throwing jabs. And that's one of the friendly things. That's just like the laughter and everything that kind of goes on between the lines when you're out there on on the floor 
or on the field if you're playing field lacrosse. One of the long poles, wasn't me, but one of our long poles picked the ball up and was trying to break out, trying to throw a stretch pass to somebody on the other side of midfield. And as he did, his the head of his stick just flew right off, flew about 40 feet and actually landed right near midfield and the ball flew out of bounds. And I said, you know what? That is exactly what we need in right now. It, it's kind of embarrassing for you, the long pole, but that's exactly what we need right now. We needed that laughter. We needed something to kind of get the spirits back into us because let's face it, this pandemic has really dampened a lot of ours. Oh yeah, for sure. And and the lights at the end of the tunnel, I think we're almost through that, through that tunnel that is the COVID-19 pandemic and, you know, better, better things are, are on the horizon for sure. Definitely. We all forget too that the H1N1 swine flu pandemic actually lasted 18 months, 18 to 19 months. It's just the death rate was much lower and we didn't really have like life, quote unquote, affected as much. Well, because there was a vaccine that was available. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there there were people in the community who, who got the H1N1 and, and passed away. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we did have deaths, uh, you know, and, 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 you know, it's tragic. And, you know, we miss those people. We miss some of our friends, uh, you know, including Jesse Deer. Yeah. That's, you know, it's horrible uh, that we've lost these people from this pandemic. And... Two gunners to dog it on and two. And then now we're looking at the current pandemic that we're in. And in our community, we've had, you know, zero deaths. We've had two people that were hospitalized. We've had, you know, 120 or so confirmed cases. And that to me is is, is a win. Yeah. Because, because as much as we were affected, that means that, you know, the, the measures that, that, that the community has put up with for since March 2020 worked. Yes. And are working and, and, you know, and even look at uh, last fall when, when the hockey season was starting, minor hockey season was starting and one player got tested positive on, on one of the teams who had been exposed to the virus yeah. at school. The, the, the measures that Gunawagi minor hockey and the task force put in place protected the rest of the yes. team and no one else was, was, was infected, you know, and, and they had to all isolate. They had to all, uh, you know, do everything, get tested. And then, and at the end of the day, nobody, nobody else got sick because of the measures that were in place. I could just hear like a collective, like, oh, I know the parents of players on that particular team and several parents each and every single time I just seen a no status, like negative status or a status saying tested negative. I could just hear like the collective clapping going on, like the whole community kind of rallied around that, knowing that, hey, like uh, this is this could be something very serious. And then when we found out just how I want to say a combination of lucky, but also preparation, you mentioned how prepared we were in the event that something like this should happen. You're right. I mean, that's a win. And really, the the win for us would be if that number remains at zero. Yeah, for sure. And, and that would be, the, be, be a shame if if. We started to open up and started to do sports and uh, get getting back to doing normal things mm -hmm. and 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 for some reason or another there's a super spreader event that affects the people who haven't been vaccinated yet. Yeah, and and then you know we lose somebody. That would be a huge disservice to the entire. Be the community. worst thing. Be the worst thing. You haven't lost anybody. Uh, we're hoping that we don't lose anybody. And obviously we are looking. We're looking forward, extremely forward to getting back to normal. We're not there yet. Yeah, we're, we're almost there. Oh, we're almost there. Yeah. And uh, just like uh, for those of you that are playing baseball right now, remember, stay safe. Keep those masks on if you're in the smaller field. 
remain six feet apart, but also be out there and have fun. I It's great to see coaches talking about strategy now, talking about in-game substitutions, talking about what they're going to do next, who they're going to start tomorrow. It's great now that the focus has kind of shifted from, are we sure we can have a season to let's go all out. We're in season mode. We're in, in season mode, getting ready for playoff mode, getting ready, ready for tournament mode. And that's uh, something great as well. And I believe that's going to do it here for the first uh, episode of The Cycle. We really hope that you enjoy it. Uh, this is, of course, a collaboration between your Wazé and Baby Blue Memories. Greg, it's been fantastic. I know we were really excited to get this going last week. I really just wanted to record right then and there. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah I really we did. <laughs> but we had, we, had, we had to sit down and plan things and, and make sure that it goes, it goes without, without hitches, right? Yep. And uh, for those of you looking to do something this weekend, head on down to the Arena Baseball Field this upcoming Saturday. We have the U16s, formerly Bantam Warhawks, playing a home game at 10 a.m. And then the U18s, formerly known as Midget B Warhawks, playing a game at 1 p.m. Doubleheader. That's what they kind of that's what they did pretty much every game, every day last year. Every Saturday was like a doubleheader in Gahnawage at the ball field. And we're hoping to do the same thing. Next edition will take catch up with the Gahnawage mixed softball action. That league is back and that league has been going and the results are going to be discussed. And it's great to see it's like a finally kind of something that we are all familiar with and we want to see is taking place there with that league happening. So for Greg Horn and uh, for our man behind the scenes, Brady Cross, I'm Brandon Bordeaux for The Cycle on Agiwahe. Yuri Wize would like to thank the Community Media Strategic Support Fund for supporting this initiative.